I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Hello Waco and welcome to Waco PD on the beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We actually have a really exciting episode because we're here to talk about crime stats, but not in the sense of what the crime stats are, but how they're generated. The cool people that do all the behind the scenes stuff that give us the, give us the numbers we talk about. And I would say the cool two people, right? There's not there's not many there's more of you. Of you guys, right? There's only two only of two. you. Only two. So we have Brett and Angie on with us, and they are our crime analysts. Is their title? Is that your like official title, crime analyst? That's the shortened version. The shortened version. What's yeah. the long version? Criminal <laughs> intelligence and analysis. Some people call us intelligence analysts. Some people call law enforcement intelligence analysts. Some people call us criminal analysts. I always just say intelligence analysts because it's a broad statement that covers them all. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Very Have you guys good. ever watched Arrested Development? No. Okay. Never? No. no. Oh, oh uh-huh. man. You know where I'm going with I this? Do, I, yeah. I, I didn't know where you are going with that one, but yeah. we'll skip it for now. Yeah. It's I, fine. They I like know. doing this, so I don't want to make that joke. You can, we'll talk later. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into kind of what your job is day to day, let's give a little bit of a background on both of you and as far as how you came to work here at Waco PD. So Angie, why don't you go first and kind of explain how you got to this position? I've been a city employee for about 17 years for the police department. I started off my career as a crime scene technician, and then the police department added these two positions, and I put in for them and got one of the two. Brett, what about you? How did you get into a crime uh, analyst position? I was, I, I was born here in Waco, but uh, I joined the military when I turned 18, uh, where I got into intelligence. For about eight years, I did that. Then I got a job with Department of Homeland Security in El Paso. Uh, and eventually, we just want to come back to Waco. So I just happened to search online one day and saw that Waco had a posting for a criminal intelligence unit and applied, and boom, All right. back in my hometown. Very good. So awesome. do, you guys, do you guys like numbers? Is that it's kind of a qualification that you <laughs> someone needs to have for the job? I like to tell programs to <laughs> tell me what numbers are. Okay, very good. Very right. good. So uh, there, like we said, there's two of you in, in this team. Uh, but what is a crime analyst? How would you explain your job to kind of a random community member on the street? I would tell them that we analyze data and try to make a picture out of it. So we take tons and tons and thousands and thousands of points of data and try to turn it into a product that is easily digestible by anybody. Right, right. You guys are constantly posting. We have our monthly crime stats you guys can find on the WacoPolice.com website. Uh, We have our quarterly stats and, of course, those yearly ones, too. But that's not only what you're doing, right? So what are some other maybe numbers or or projects you guys have that are kind of your day-to-day work? Oftentimes, we have investigators reach out to us and request request that we assist them in their caseload whether that be analyzing cell phone records or creating bulletins for them. So I didn't realize that detectives would reach out to you guys. I thought you were more of like a, I guess, like reactive or kind of like, hey, this is what has happened. This is the trend we're seeing. So like you're actually helping with the the investigations as they're coming in too. Not so much like we're seeing this issue in this area. So maybe, because I know you guys have sent things out there like this might happen. Correct. Does that? Both. 
Okay. That's cool. I learn yeah. something new every time we do one of these. So. Option D, all of the above. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'd say it's a good 50-50 mix between 50% admin stats mm-hmm. um, and 50% case support. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what are some things in those like monthly and quarterly updates that we, anyone can find online? What do those stats usually consist of? A snapshot of our violent crimes and nonviolent crimes for the month. Okay, and usually uh, you guys are also dealing with open records requests as well. Yes, ma'am. How often do those come in? That's kind of hard to say. They're kind of sporadic. Jeez, I would say maybe five a month that come in from open records. Okay, okay, and they can kind of be either a real complex request or maybe something a little bit more... simple they they kind of range for what data you need to get yes yeah i just got one from uh ut just asking for all crime that's happened within a one mile distance of every building that they own oh my oh wow so that would be a little more complex one mm-hmm. uh usually record open records will try to handle the smaller uh if anything gets a little too too tough they'll send it our way to dig a little deeper okay so on those open records requests like if somebody, I don't know how many buildings UT has, but if they've got like 100 buildings in town, does it have to specify the addresses or are you guys nice enough that if they give you their name, you look up what they own or how does that work? Like how specific they is have that to specify. To yeah. Okay. So they, they, they actually mailed a letter and on okay. the letter it lists out every building that they have some kind of involvement with mm-hmm. and or students are present at some point and they do wow. the crime stats uh, within, the air, within a one mile radius of it. Right. I mean, I guess depending on the information they're trying to get, you either have to be really specific with what you want or you're else you're going to get something that's pretty broad. Right. Correct. Yeah. It's it's as simple as saying if you ask for assault, uh, you know, there's a big difference between a simple assault and an aggravated aggravated assault. So Mm -hmm. you're either going to have hundreds and hundreds or you're going to have 20. Right. Right. So you do need to be specific as you can. And that's probably what not a lot of people realize is it's just kind of like, hey, tell me how many, uh, you know, of course, gun violence has been a big topic recently uh, in our city. And so I'm sure there's plenty of, I know I've gotten questions with, hey, how many, you know, cases involve guns? I'm like, well, what do you mean? (laughs) Are we talking about stolen guns? Are we talking about guns used in robberies? Are we talking about, um, you know, displaying the weapon or even it it, was it used? Was it not used? It gets kind of. Uh, nitty-gritty for things like that so what is or, or what is the I'm sure we have a lot of different programs that are calc- I'm sure you guys aren't calculating these numbers and we're using more than just spreadsheets right so how complex yeah. is all the sorting and and calculating of the data it's it's not too hard as long as you've been doing it for a while I think <laughs> I think uh, Excel spreadsheets is probably a, a big factor, a big help. You can quickly move around data to view it how you want. Uh, but one of the main programs we use is uh, called Crystal, and that's we, we write formulas and such to pull data from our uh, management systems, from our um, record management systems, and then turn that data into something pretty that everyone can look at. Mm-hmm. So the really nice map or the really nice product that someone looks at could have taken us a week to make through all the digging and cleaning process that we have to do because data is not always perfect. Right, right. And that's something that's really important to talk about too is that data is not always perfect. Even our data 
uh, how often, or, or I know there's a almost a disclaimer on every piece of data that we give out. Uh, talk about that disclaimer and what people have to realize when they're looking at our stats. The Take Me Home program is a free service available for all residents of McLennan County for adults and children who may have difficulty communicating due to a developmental or cognitive disability. And this database is maintained by the Waco Police Department Communications Division and is only accessible to law enforcement personnel to have vital information if encountered by an officer in our area. The Take Me Home program is available for any adult or child who has difficulty communicating. And you can do so by signing up on the Waco Police website at wacopolice.com. So when we provide stats, the status of that report can change over time during the investigation. So we, for example, we could have a report that started out as a BMV and then as an investigator goes through the report and does their investigation, they determine that it should actually be a theft of a firearm because a firearm was taken in that BMV. So how does that affect the stats you guys give? Because I imagine in the the CAD, the dispatch program that sends it to the computer for the officer, it says burglary of a motor vehicle. But then by the time the investigation's done, it could be the theft of a firearm or something different. Which, what are you pulling from for, I guess, like your final report where it's like to, to present the numbers or make the maps and all that stuff? What... Does it matter what you use, or how do you choose? So to present the offense count, we use the offense report, not necessarily the calls for service call types. Okay. Because that, like you said, can change. Right, okay. especially that initial call for service. There's plenty of times where someone calls us for something, an officer get on gets on scene, and it's entirely different. Right, so. Okay. Right. We always state that that data is only valid for that day. So that okay. That okay. date of the that we pulled it is the date that that's valid. Because it could be different the next day. Right, right. Does does data okay. change frequently? Yes. <laughs> you said that really yes. fast. So, like, how frequently? Like, daily? Hourly? It's really the smaller events. Obviously, the larger ones don't change as often. But the smaller ones do because when a citizen calls it in, they don't know what to call it. So the dispatcher is going to label it as what the nearest thing is to what they're being told. Okay. And then an officer shows up and says, oh, that's not a burglary of a building. It's a burglary of a, of a habitat, right, mm-hmm. a habitation. So, Right. Okay. Interesting. And now we always also talk about the fact that uh, if it's going to be something like an open records request, you might be able to get data kind of year to date, so to speak. Uh, but with our stats that are monthly and quarterly, we're a few weeks or a month behind. Uh, you know, what is the reasoning for that? Why is that something that we can't just generate day of every day? So we're, na- we're unable to, pour- to post our daily crime reports just because of the way our officers enter the reports. So they have to call in and do a dictation of their actions that they took for that specific case. And then it, that dictation stays in a queue, and our records department has to then transcribe that record, which can take maybe uh, 10 days, mm-hmm. so we can never post anything that happens daily. Right, Just because right. of that delay. Okay, okay. So it's nothing, I mean, because that's what a lot of people ask too, is why isn't, you know, something being posted daily or, or what it be, but there's a lot of uh, manual labor, I guess, that goes into that as well. It's not just kind of a computer where you click a button and then it generates and it can populate over there. Uh, it's a lot of manual data from our records department and then from our records to getting to you guys and then from there kind of 
it sorts itself out. If it's a higher offense, that'll get pushed up in the queue a little quicker. So murders will obviously get pushed up higher than a criminal mischief. Mm-hmm. Right. So how does putting that information out affect, like, I know some of our investigations, we don't give out a lot of information because we don't want to taint the witnesses and say, hey, like, this is what's happened. And then the witness is like, oh, that's right. That's what happened. And what I actually remembered is slightly different now. So, like, you guys are mostly dealing with numbers. So do you have to worry about that kind of impact on the witnesses? Is that another factor that? I don't think I've ever worried about that. Okay. Because I know, like, when I've talked to some of the investigators about, hey, like, if you want crime stoppers to do a PSA for your whatever incident just happened, they're like, well, we're wanting witnesses to come forward on their own, not put out information first. So I didn't know if. Well, we typically don't release information to the public. Everything that we do is mostly internal. Right. It goes to law enforcement only. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or it goes to the PIO or so it never. Yeah, we don't. Bulletins, we, we send those mm-hmm. to the detective for approval. Okay. And we send them out internally. Right. And those bulletins are either wanted suspects, vehicles stolen, things like that. Correct. So it's going to give you some near real-time intelligence out to the patrol. Yeah. Right, right. And the only like thing... The, the ones you guys sent out this morning. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, they come They come frequently. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that was something we mentioned you guys did earlier, but like our, our wanted posters for people to be on the lookout for certain things, you guys create all that information, and I guess the all the text on there is coming from the stats you're pulling and That's right. information that you guys are gathering for us to help keep us safe when we're, we're out there. Right. Is there a reason that that's kind of under your job description? I don't think there's a particular reason. I just think it's because we man the computers. <laughs> so you, you man the computers we, and we, know the numbers. Yeah, we're on duty. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That makes sense. Um, well, we have uh, – it's not out. Well, it might be out by the time that this episode comes out, but we are working on a new interactive crime map is what I've heard. And it's to generate maybe not not real time data, but maybe a little bit more frequent data uh, as far as so people don't have to wait for those monthly crime reports to come out. Um, talk about that crime map and kind of how that whole process started. So we are creating a, a community crime map uh, with our geo-information system department. So shout out to them for all the help. Uh, it won't be near. It won't be real time or near real time. It'll be as, as updated uh, as we normally get uh, reports in. But we're hoping that uh, citizens will be able to go online, type in their address, maybe look around where their uh, place of business is, or if they're looking to m- even move to Waco, they can go to this website, check out the area see what's going on uh, by offense, by neighborhood, by crime type against person, society, or property. Uh, so it'll have a good handful of features available. Um, and if we can get any feedback from citizens, that'd be great. Let us know what everybody thinks. There's plenty of places that if you wanted to send feedback, uh, especially about that new interactive crime map, that's something that you can definitely do. Do we know what the website url yeah. is it will be uh waco crime map.com waco crime map.com easy you, you'll Even also be able to that no, yeah it's gonna be <laughs> tough you'll also be able to go to the city of waco website go to the waco police department section and it'll be right there on our page as well okay very so. good is this kind of the first time we've had something like this for the city it is it's the first time i know of right so we used to use a similar program internally for it and now 
just going to kind of let citizens free and <laughs> open the gate. How, how important is something like this interactive crime map? Why is it something that could benefit the community or, or maybe um, help the community in different ways than not having one? Well, I think one of Chief's big goals was transparency. So I think it really builds a foundation off of that and the, and the citizens and the police department to show them this is what's going on in your city. How, uh, what, what are the types of crime that people could look at at this in this map? So it's broken down into three categories, crimes against persons, crimes against property, and crimes against society. Okay. And then from there, it'll be kind of maybe like aggravated assault or theft or... Yes. Okay. Very good. Very good. I know I was kind of looking through it. Um, it's really cool. You guys, we can narrow down whether it be a specific neighborhood you can search a specific address um there's a whole bunch of different searches that you, you guys can do which i'm sure you've put a lot of work into so so is it basically just mapping the christmas tree so it's different than the one that's going out already so it maps the crimes the nibers definitions of crimes which are found in our quarterly report okay cool okay. very good how many crimes is that because <laughs> when I was scrolling through, there's a lot. Uh, 15 to 25? 15 to 25, maybe? In the range of 15 to 20, yeah. Yeah. I know uh, you have to, like, sit there and count them all now. <laughs> so if we, were to, if we were to break down every crime, right. like, if theft was theft over 100, under 100, simple soul, aggravated soul, it would just be too much. So right. some, some of the crimes are lumped into one mm -hmm. um, one definition. Right, but any it would look pretty crazy. Exactly. But any if a citizen clicks on uh, one of the icons on the map, it'll have a definition mm -hmm. of what that crime is and what's going on. So right, right. Now, when I was looking at the website, I know that uh, there's there was a lot of probably it, it's kind of overwhelming at first, I would say, to look at all, the whole city and then you see all the different crime there. Um, I think from a a civilian standpoint, it would be smart to focus on a certain area than the whole city because it does get very, I guess, kind of confusing a little bit when you're trying to look at all of the city stats. Yeah, you won't even be able to see the city of Waco. It'll just be a bunch of icons. Right, yeah. right. So if you load every every crime over the last 30 days, it's going to fill up almost mm -hmm. everything. So we definitely want to narrow it down to what you're looking for, maybe it be violent or nonviolent or even just your specific address. Right, Zoom right. Zoom into the area. Mm -hmm. Does it do, like the one we had in the car is like a hotspot map where if there's like a concentrated area, it's a different color? It, it, it doesn't have any hotspotting features. Okay. It'll just show the icons. It's just dots where right. things have happened. Okay. And the icons are interactive. You can click on them and they'll pop up and give you a case number. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So if you want to know a little more information, you can put an open records request and say, I have the case number. Right. You let me know a little more about what happened near my, nearby mm -hmm. my house. Mm -hmm. so what, what I liked about the website, too, is it gave the definition of what the crime is. Right. So not necessarily what happened, but what uh, a criminal mischief means or what theft means. Because right. it's sometimes it's kind of confusing where I know we've explained many times the difference between a theft, a robbery, and a burglary. All different, but they all kind of sound similar. Right. Um, so that was something that I thought was really cool as well. Is it like a, a penal code definition, like unlawfully appropriate one of their property, or is it? It's the definition from NIBRS. From NIBRS. So, so it's, it's a little different. Than so it's yeah. defined by the FBI. Okay. So it would be the nationwide. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
Is that easier to understand? Because I know sometimes the word the wording in the penal code can be like, okay, let me read that a second time to make sure. I think the wording it's was pretty straightforward. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Think of it cool. as like universal time, like Greenwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's easier to have a universal verbiage than to have Eastern Central Mountain. Everyone, you know, has penal yeah. codes differently. Right. Okay. Cool. Very interesting. Well, how has the technology changed? since you guys have been at your jobs? I mean, I'm sure it's just grown in the way that you guys are able to, like, track and manage the data. I mean, when Angie and I showed up, we had no technology. Oof. So we we had a mapping program that we didn't know how to use. Yeah. and Excel. We, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Excel, which I, I, we were familiar with Excel, mm-hmm. but uh, we built the unit from the ground up. Uh, I think the wow. first year or so, we maybe had... 100 requests, and now we're pushing 600 a year, wow. pumping That's out incredible. probably around 500 products, mm-hmm. assisting in over 300 cases. So That's it's, it's pretty lot. cool. We've grown a lot. Uh, every year we have growth. Mm-hmm. And every year we come up with new ways to do products and create things that are a little easier to understand and find right. ways to help right. in any way possible. Interesting. So as you said, you have 600 requests. Is that just requests from the public? Is that internally and externally? That's going to be internally and externally. Uh, the requests, you know, requests, sorry, can range from taking us a few hours to taking us a month. We have requests that are open for months at a time because it takes that long to build it. And the whole time we're trying to prioritize, if Chief comes in and says, I need this, well, you got to get that right, to you're going to get that to Chief yeah. real quick. <laughs> yeah. If we have a detective who has a murder case, that gets a higher priority, right? right? So sometimes those lower level priorities they don't get they don't get handled as quickly. But we're still we're trying to get them done. There's only two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are doing a good job. I, I gotta it. say, yeah. and even from uh, coming from kind of reporter side to being here uh, at the department, I understand now that when I would ask uh, Sergeant Bynum now, uh, "Hey, can I get like these numbers?" and he'd say, "Yeah, I can get them to you," and I. I would give him some grace in a few hours. I'd be like, hey, where are my numbers? <laughs> <laughs> and so I understand. I understand now why it uh, it takes a minute to kind of find those and work through them. Yeah. It may not take a long time to get your numbers, but we have something of higher priority. Right. right? Exactly. Traditionally, Crime Stoppers is only able to pay up to $2,000 on a tip if it leads to a arrest. But... In order to help combat the gun violence that our community is experiencing, Crime Stoppers is paying up to $1,000 just for the recovery of a firearm that's illegal. So anything that's used in the commission of a crime, stolen, or uh, otherwise illegal, can get you up to $1,000. By submitting a tip through the newest method provided by Crime Stoppers USA, you can call Star Star Tips from your mobile phone, which sends you a follow-up text with a link to provide follow-up information at any time. As always, you can visit online 24-7 at wacocrimestoppers.org or call 254-753-HELP or 4357 to provide any information on an illegal firearm or any other information which leads to an arrest for a reward of up to $2,000. So send in a tip because tipping ain't snitching. What's something that you guys would like the public to remember just if they do request crime stats from you guys, or as they look at crime stats online, what's something that uh, you just hope that they remember in the back of their minds as they're looking at these numbers? I would say to be as detailed as possible in your request to make sure you're giving us what 
kind of data you're looking for, what format you want it in. Um, date range is huge. That gets mm-hmm. left off quite often. Right, because if you want five years of data, I'm not sure you're going to want that. Right. So if you don't tell me, I don't know what to give you. You know, so you might get four gigabytes, a four gigabyte Excel spreadsheet emailed to you. Oh my goodness. Right. Right. Does do any of these requests either depending on how long it takes? Is that something that the public would have to pay for at some point? That's something that Open Records would have to okay determine. Right. Right. Yeah. Like anything that gets put on a CD or USB, uh, I don't know. It only takes us a certain amount of time. It doesn't. I don't know the. I think Open that. Records has to disclose how much they right. would charge, and then if it's the a, requester if it's decides if they want that request right. to be. So basically, forward. if we're going to do like a crazy exorbitant amount of information, all of the department's <laughs> information of of, t- of all time, maybe that might be something that has to be relooked at, or maybe even narrowed right. down. And as it should, if it takes people. Five hours between both of us, you know, that's a lot of time wasted that we're not working on a case mm-hmm. or building something for an internal. Yeah. Interesting. From what I remember of, I think I've done a, like one or two open records requests, and it was just fill out this form online, and then it was a lot of back and forth, but they've got a specific window that they have to respond and give something back or say we can't do it, and then... Like, I got a denial letter, but then the next day I got all the data I was asking for. So, yeah, (laughs) like, literally, whatever the window was, I think it's, like, a 10-day window that they can respond. On the ninth day, I got this letter that was, like, we can't do that. And I was, like, that's weird because I don't feel like I asked for anything confidential. Oh, you weren't asking Waco PD. You were asking a different police department? It was the city of Waco. You Oh, you got denied by the people you work for. But it was not for a work thing. I was just curious about something, so I did a, an open records request. Uh, and but that's good. Got Every, that everyone should do at least one open see records the, request. Yeah, you saw the, the process. process. Yeah. I was curious. Like It's probably yeah. something I could have called someone and asked, but I was like, no, I'm just going to – I want to know how this works. All right. Wait, there's, there's a and, lot of – And then if I use those numbers, I can't be told, well, why did you use PD info? I'm like, uh. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, it was a very interesting process because – I got this very lengthy email that was like, you can't ask for that information. So I called and I was like, I don't really understand this email. And then the next day I got the information. I was like, that's so weird because yesterday you said you can't do that. and It was going to take too long. And then today I just got like 300 pages of stuff to read through now. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably something I'm sure a lot of people are shocked by too, is when they do ask for information and then the amount of data you could give, maybe depending on what they asked. That's why why Angie mentioned to try to narrow down your date range. Mm -hmm. If you're going to ask for thefts in a certain area over a year, you could get thousands. I don't want to read through all right. those. Nobody does. Right. And and it's also hard for you guys to guess, too, because then I'm sure that person that is requesting the information, if they didn't give maybe all of the uh, date ranges or things like that, you go ahead and guess. You give them back the information. They get upset, maybe have to request something again. It just takes a, a longer process. Exactly. So just be s- as specific as possible and you can't call people to ask like hey what did what did you want specifically like you just have the form right that's like that's right this is the data and then you give it to open records and they give it to the person or give it to legal and they give it to the person i think yeah but i would say out of all of our job functions that's probably the smallest one really yeah not a lot of the open record like she said about five a month we're we're definitely dominantly case support and Mm -hmm. 
support for uh, executive staff yeah. for their presentations, their city council meetings, mm-hmm. and things like that, getting their stats ready for anything they want to talk about. One of the big ones was doing stats for hiring more officers, using stats to prove, hey, we need help, right? and this is why. So okay. Okay. Well, that was that's really important information, too, to sure. know that uh, I wouldn't even think of you guys even having those stats as far as having stats to back the fact that we would need more officers. Mm-hmm. Based on our call, call, call load, load and yeah. response times and hold times. So we take other cities, what they call sister cities, we look at their stats and say, okay, they have 500 officers getting this amount of calls. We have 300 officers getting this amount of calls. We need 50 more officers to, to level that out. Mm-hmm. You know, so, or I'm just using an example. Right. But So how does that work for you guys to get that info from them? Is that because they're a sister city, we've got that open relationship? Or are you yeah. having to request that info? And, and uh, we're both a part of the Texas Law Enforcement Analyst Network. Angie's on the board for uh, so we know almost I've been doing law enforcement in Texas for about 14 years now. So I know a lot of people. Wow. Angie's been doing it for a long time. She knows a lot of people. So we can usually just make a call. And and if not, then we'll put in an open records request <laughs> to another police department <laughs> right. and hopefully not get a denial letter. Right, right. Uh, well, you guys would be, would be, I would think, be pretty specific on your, yeah, on your request. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they probably know when a crime analyst is requesting information because they're like, yeah. wow, this is great. <laughs> this is actually what we need to do. Be able to do something for them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, very good. Well, if someone wanted to be a crime analyst, what's something you would say to them as far as, hey, just so you know, this is what the job is like, or what's something that you think would be beneficial for them to know if they wanted to be a crime analyst one day? I would say get your foot in the door, whether it's an internship or doing another job like I did because I was able to get a lot of experience doing that other job that helps me out with my current job. Uh, I think getting, like she said, experience. Uh, Military was the avenue for me. They have tons of intern programs federally as well. And we actually currently have an intern in our office. I was going to bring that up. Is that like the first intern you've had? It is. How exciting was that? She's doing great. Uh, (laughs) She's learning a lot, and it's going to be invaluable uh, there's nowhere else you can do it in Waco where you can get one-on-one experience with an analyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wanted to open that avenue. Right, right. That's awesome. Hopefully we'll keep a little rotation going. You yeah, know, right. Like whenever whenever semester. Yeah, whenever she's done. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah. That's very cool. All right. Well, hey, if you like numbers or programs and telling you what the numbers are, mm, yeah. <laughs> then uh, being a crime analyst might be for you. Or what was the, what was the official title? What's on your... Was it, what is it again? Police Certified Crime Analyst. Police Certified Crime Analyst. Yeah, start saying that. That's good. <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> Makes you sound more official. <laughs> I've had that title since day one. Uh, it's it's oh. a lot of words. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't do words. You do numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and maps. And maps and, and charts and, and spreadsheets and all that fun stuff. All the nerd <laughs> stuff, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but you did. I'll do, I, I fully accept that I am full nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys very much, Brett and Angie, for joining us on our podcast here, Waco PD on the Beat. Um, if you guys have nothing else to say, then we will end it right here. You guys good? Yeah? I'm good. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time, and y'all have a good day. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, you guys. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer for Waco PD. 
And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. Have a good one, Waco. Until next time. Waco PD on the beat. The heartbeat serving 